Ladies and gentlemen, listen, thanks for, for joining us on Shaky's Journeys. Uh, this is going to be a, a quite personal pod for me. Um, got Chris and, and Tom Soul on the show today. And obviously being Phil Staggs, um, the Soul brothers are well known in Edinburgh, well known in Scottish cricket. Of course, uh, their famous dad, um, you know, uh, David was always a, a person on a lot of people's screens back in the day. And it's been a, you know, amazing to see the, the young uh, brothers actually represent their country. So yeah, it's a it's a good one for me today. Um, I, I suppose it's a chance to to see what they're up to now uh, and get their story. Gents, thanks for coming along. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us. All the way from Australia, Chris. How's life in Australia? Very good. Very good. Thanks, Ryan. And uh, yeah, it's uh, good to tune in and hear some familiar Scottish voices as well. Do you get much, uh, get much stick out there, mate, for the Scottish accent yet, or what, what's going on? I do. I tell you who's the worst as well. It's actually my boss at work. Whenever I'm complaining about something, he'll just say, sorry, mate, you're going to have to say that again in English. I just didn't get a word of that in. It just uh, sends me up the wall as well. So <laughs> it, uh, pushes it, follows the as, it follows us wherever you go in the world, the Scottish accent. But people people always associate it with being friendly. That's always a good, that's, that's always a good thing, but I never... They never, they never really under understand okay, anything. True. So, how's uh, whereabouts in Australia is it? Yeah. So I'm in Bendigo at the minute, which is in Victoria. It's about uh, an hour and a half from Melbourne, which, in terms of Australia, is pretty short travel, and yeah. um, that's that's almost local. Um, so I've been there for yeah two years, just just a tick over two years, and yeah, loving it at the minute. It gets pretty warm in the summer though. Forty degrees we had last weekend, so. Going back, going back to the Scottish accent, I remember obviously being a lad from Kelso, um, and my accent had to change quite a lot when I when I joined the Grange. But when I went over as a nineteen year old lad um, to Sydney, I remember the boy said, "Listen, mate, you're gonna have to slow down a bit here. Like, I haven't got a clue what you're saying." So I, I know the feeling, mate. But yeah, listen, I never understood you half the time, let alone people from abroad. <laughs> Everyone always wondered how I ended up with the Grange, never mind. Uh, lads, listen, I want to I dig deep and um, I suppose go back to the start a little bit because sport was obviously massively in you guys, in your guys' blood. You know, you were brought up, your dad was obviously a Lion and, and a famous Scotland rugby player. How, what was it like back in the day? Can you remember, you know, when you were coming through school, uh, you know, what, what was it like then? Do you want me to go ahead Chris? on this one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From my point of view or from Chris's point of view? What was it, what was it like? <laughs> obviously, you know, well, there's only a couple of years in, in the difference. What was it like for coming up through Merkey? Uh, was it, was it, did you get much, sort of, was, it, was everyone sort of saying, oh, your dad's this, your dad's that? Did it sort of bring any pressures from an early age? I think that came more through prep school. Everyone in prep school really knew who David Soul was. And so, like, you turn up at a rugby match. And they expect big things because you're a son of this Scottish legend. And they're like, mm, he's my dad. <laughs> but yeah, they're like, what's it like having a famous dad? I'm like, oh, he's my dad. That's about it most of the time. But I think most of the pressure came from trying to be better than Chris, if I'm being honest. For me, what's anyway. What's the difference between <laughs> you as an age, sorry? Two and a bit I'm years. Yeah. Okay. So very competitive, I'd imagine, at home. Hmm. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, and I was always better as well. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, I kept playing in your team, Chris. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely more through prep school that we rec you 
you'd recognize the stuff around dad and things um because it was still closer and he was still in the sort of uh, the rugby scene a bit as well I was still doing commentary and a lot of writing on rugby back then and you get people crossing the street to come and say hello and things and the older we got and the, the further away that 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 game in 1990 when they won the Grand Slam was the less and less people you you notice coming across the street to say hello to maybe he's getting old and more wrinkles and he's less recognizable <laughs> but no it certainly happened a lot at prep school a lot they'd of be, prep school they expect him of that the, 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 the white band around his head covered in blood they're still walking around <laughs> yeah it's but, a bit harder to recognize him in the suit did your dad push you at rugby lads when you were at school was he like was it rugby 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 or were you quite lucky being at murky was it you know could do any no, sport not at all not at all no um no, well, well, Dad played pretty much every sport under the sun when he was young as well. He's mad on his cricket too. Um, hence why he loves to come and watch cricket and things as well. And our granddad was a massive hockey player. Tom and I were pretty big hockey players when we were at prep school. And then um, that sort of took a sideline when we went to Merkiston, where there wasn't much of a hockey scene. And he played two terms of rugby. So it was more, um, more Merkiston that pushed the rugby side of things. Um, being such a rugby orientated school and having a lot of success and producing a lot of internationalists and things from that school it was that it's a big sort of culture at Merkiston to be in the sort of rugby scene of things but it's a bit of a shame because their cricket's a bit of a backseat in the summer but they've got such a strong cricket scene as well but it just doesn't get the same sort of airtime air as the, the rugby does there. Did you boys, uh, did you boys, was there a chance you might have played rugby? Or was it was was the talent always more towards the cricket side of things? I don't think there was ever a point where I was going to be playing rugby professionally. If I'm being honest, did you just not enjoy it that much? Or you... uh, no, I did. I did until I was about 15, and then I had a conversation with the director of sport saying that I wanted to quit rugby and play cricket, and uh, which he took <laughs> took him back a bit, um, and he was like, "Yo." on here on a rugby and cricket scholarship so you can't just drop one of your sports um but it paid out in the end and like they managed to work around it thankfully and I worked, did a lot of work with Stevie Gilmore at the time because mm. he was uh, sort of coming in coaching and doing his level three or level four and needed needed a lad to do some coaching with and there I was at the perfect time as a 15 year old to get taken under his wing did you, how did dad how did dad feel about it when you came home and you said i'm packing it and dad he was fine he was absolutely fine he said do, do what you enjoy and if you enjoy cricket more than you enjoy rugby then go for it um so yeah he always supported everything that we chose to do and i think that's that's what has made all of us go into sport at the highest level at some some stage in our career yeah, I was going to I was going to cover actually obviously Jamie and Gemma. It's um it's not very often you get all four in the family that that get to play sport at the, the top level. And, and I know how proud your mum must be. I've I've seen them down watching you two play cricket. They're obviously absolutely mad when it comes to sport. What was it like the whole family? Is it you know it must be weird sitting around the dinner table saying, mm, well, I, I performed well today. What about you? <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's not too much of that. Actually, yeah. there's not too much. Swinging at the, the dinner table, because um, we all know Dad. Dad's the king, king of it anyway. He's got yeah, a yeah. That. That's still the most famous in the family, that's for sure. Yeah, 
Well, not, still, not, still, not 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 necessarily. Yeah. Now you were part of the team that beat you were part of the team that beat England, so you're mm. the more recent mm-hmm. celebrity yeah, in that front. I think even in the the build up to that that England cricket game, they were mentioning dad's rugby and stuff. They they love to squeeze it in somewhere. <laughs> you went on right TMS. You went on TMS during the interval <laughs> to do a stint on the radio for them, like whilst Chris was getting ready to come out and bowl. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a good form. He was in good form that day. It was, it was, it was good. But I, I know we might, we might go on to, we might go on to touch on that. But no, it's just interesting to hear. It's like, like Flanners was saying, crazy sport in house, but not just, you know, all play sport. You're all high achievers in the sport, so it must be, must be quite competitive. You must all drive each other. But it doesn't sound like you're all trying to get one over. Well, apart from. Apart from yourself, you did mention that you do try and get one over your brother. That was the chat. But I can imagine that as a younger brother, you'd always be trying to strive to challenge your older brother. Yeah, I just wanted to play with him in the end. Oh, even though I cost him a fiver on the honours board at Murky, but yeah. Oh, absolutely. So dropped as well. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. I was going to say, like, so I take it that was the first sniff of cricket, wasn't it? Being at Murky, that was, that was when you were first started up. That's where it all started for you. It wasn't any younger than that. Just was it straight in Murky, yeah? Yeah, but played at Cargerfield as well. So Cargerfield Prep School. We started there, and older brother Jamie had played um, through prep school, and when he moved on to Glen Island as well. So we pretty much played every sport Jamie had played or had started playing. We'd be like, oh, we want to start that. So we'd probably get a bit of a head start starting there some different sports and, and playing them because we'd always be down the park with a beach cricket set or something or a rugby ball or hockey sticks or whatever we got for Christmas that year. Yeah. So we, we've, we've always played. I think I played my first game when I was nine. Yeah. Um, well, that's what I remember my, my first game, nine years old, where I used to have to wear shorts in the field rather than proper whites and things. Well, you'd like that, Chris. You're, you're a bit of a character. In the field. <laughs> you'd quite like dressing up like a clown. <laughs> well, to get these pins out in the sun, mate, it's a waste otherwise. Did um, when when you guys sort of play like sort of competitive cricket in terms of representative stuff? Was it Scotland seventeens, nineteens, South East sort of stuff? Was when did you start cracking into that? Oh, it was that festival East, West, South, and North, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I like under twelves at Murky actually. Yeah, yeah, that was probably my first taste. Um, I remember you you played that as well, Chris, because I came to watch. And you yeah, got player of something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's back when I was a genuine all rounder and I was coming in and batting at four and unbelievable opportunity. Um but I played under twelve Scotland as well and Macca was our coach at the time. <laughs> and I can't believe that I went from being coached by Macca when I was eleven, twelve years old to sharing a changing room and Celebrating. I can imagine that's quite a different experience. It was pretty funny, pretty funny to compare the two. Especially when he was your coach one day, the next day he's trying to show you <laughs> he's watching the film. <laughs> um, I was going to say, mate, that that's uh, you, you do all. Uh, sorry, sorry for picking on you here, um, so man, but you always fancy yourself as a batsman, didn't you? Um, it's funny you mentioned that there. You, you, you always creep, creep your way up the, the order. Um, I notice you're, you're still bowling quite reasonably quick in Australia. Have you, you sneaked up the order yet, mate? You, you, you're batting all rounder again? <laughs> it's unbelievable. I'm going to have to move club to get more opportunities somewhere. I keep on telling the captain that, that I'm out the door soon if I don't get a chance. 
We've got an un- unreal batting lineup at my current club, Strathdown Mauritians. I'm batting at 10 or 11 in games. But I think our, our bottom four batsmen have only had two hits each this year yeah. uh, out of 12 rounds of cricket. So, no, it's been, be- been a bit redundant. The, the chance will come. Spot. And when it comes, make sure you get a 50 and then you can really <laughs> ramp up with the captain. Well, I've, I've not been out this year. you have a collapse. It will happen. I know. I'm, I'm sure I'll get a chance, and I'll, I'll probably get a good nut or something, or I'll fall wow for the deep second ball. The captain reminds you of the all the chat you've been giving him, and says, <laughs> yeah. "Never discuss that with me again, mate." Yeah. To be honest, I have to admit, Chris, you've got probably a nice one of the better straight drives I've seen, lofted straight drives I've seen. Um, but my my early memories with Tom would be, uh, I suppose. T20, was it World Detroit Finals, uh, Tom? I think you were, I'm pretty sure, pretty reverse sweep someone for six in that game. And I was like, I always thought he was just off spinner, but that was when I first remember thinking this lad can actually bat. Um, I don't know if you remember that. Was that uh, uh, over in the West? Polk or something? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember that. That was against the Dale, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. It was, yeah. It was against- the dirty nails uh, that nobody likes through these. Um, so uh, yeah, I was going to go into uh, a bit of banter. And, and if people didn't know, but Chris, you took a bit of time out. I mean, you, you took time out of cricket after obviously finishing up at Hampshire. You went to Australia. What's it like to be back now, mate? Are you enjoying it? Yeah, it's good. I um, yeah, after I finished at Hampshire, I sort of almost, almost, oh, I wouldn't say burn out because it's not like I was just absolutely fried or anything. It was just very different motivation when playing cricket there. Mm-hmm. And often, especially the later half of a season and things, you realise that every time you're going on a pitch to bowl, you're bowling for a new contract, which is a very different motivation to any previous game or walking on the pitch for Scotland. You play for so much pride and wearing that jersey and things. Um, but then playing at Hampshire, I was like, oh, you're playing for your living here, actually. Um which is a, certainly a very different pressure, especially in sports. Not often one people would externally associate with like someone actually playing that they're playing for for their living. Mm-hmm. And then coming over to Australia was just a bit of a step back. So I came over and I played a season in Melbourne, um, which was all right. Um, the, I was like, the play, still playing good cricket and things, and I was coming off um, uh, two seasons with Hampshire. I was in probably the best nick I'd been, mm-hmm. uh, was bowling quick and things, but I just didn't carry on like the momentum I had. I just sort of maybe run out of gas a bit mm-hmm. after getting released and things. And it's a big, big disappointment to try and overcome and things and sort of thinking, what do I do next and stuff? And it was just, yeah, a good time, a good time for me to just say, oh, I'm going to go ahead and work and get my, uh, my permanent residency in Australia. My partner's <laughs> obviously Australian and things, so. Yeah. Had to happen at some point or another, but yeah. I was going to delve deeper into it a little bit. Obviously, you know, I'll take you back to some better times and uh, I suppose making make both of your, you know, I'll come back to the, the sort of trials and tribulations of county cricket. And it must be so difficult for a lot of people, you know, being released and, and I'll both of you have experienced that. But let's go back to a little bit more exciting times. So you both um, came up through the ranks. You've you've, you've been in, in the squad and luckily enough to make your debuts. I know, I know Tom, your debut was in Ireland 2018, and Chris, you were UAA 2016. Take me back, Tom, to when you made your debut. How did you feel, mate? Tell me a little bit about the game. Ah, oh, I mean, it was nice to be in the UAE to play against them. So it was nice and warm, thankfully, and not raining in Ireland. 
Um, but no, it's good. Um, it's sort of a culmination of a good season before with Northamptonshire and making my debut um, um, against South Africa actually and doing well in a game in a game against them where we were sort of dead and buried and almost got us over the line sort of thing um, where coaches started to raise an eyebrow and say, oh, this lad can play when given the opportunity sort of thing. Um, I think over that winter, I was up in Edinburgh and did a lot of work uh, with Grant at the time, um, talking about my game, my where I am. At, and there was there was a spot spot going. I think there was an injury. I think the late Conda Lang might have been injured and couldn't go during um, during the tour or something like that, and or he might have just been diagnosed actually. Um, which is obviously terrible news, but the, it was my opening that I got and tried to take with both hands. But I uh, just remember my first ball against Boyd Rankin. I've played against him before because he was at Warwickshire, obviously, but he's bowling a bit heavier with a white ball than he was in red ball cricket, that's for sure. Um, and yeah, wrapped one on the glove and ended up chipping a bone in my hand. First ball, first ball I faced. Oh, <laughs> um, so I only ended up playing the one game in that in that series, little series, but uh, came out to bowl and had Sterling and Sterling and Balburnie as the first two wickets and couldn't really ask for much more. Like, striking it over 132 for with a chip bone in my hand and didn't play the rest of the series so I had a nice little holiday so yeah I can't can't really complain you didn't do yourself, about my first taste didn't do yourself any bad either by no, no. the ball so you were always going to get a chance to come back in from there at some point yeah definitely and I think from that game probably and the work that I'd done during the winter got me to those qualifiers in Zimbabwe um after that and then the ball sort of kept rolling after that. I seen that's when I came across you properly. First time mm -hmm. getting to see you have a ball, and you were really tidy. I remember it was all very. You stayed in a love at West Indies game in particular. You bowled a really really tight spell. I was yeah. really impressed by your maturity in that game. Cheers. <laughs> Welcome, <laughs> Chris. Your debut. Yeah, through in uh, through an airship. <laughs> what a place! Beautiful. <laughs> And typically, as as you know, when you go through there, it always rains, and it did. So I was playing that. I'm in my first class debut. I remember Blaney had handed my handed me my cap and made a made a bit of a speech. He was almost welling up and things. So I'd done a lot of work with Blaney and that sort of build up into making my debut. Um, done a lot of work on on bowling and things. And uh, last three years leading into it, I've been in and out with injuries. Had a shoulder injury where I didn't didn't play any sport for like six months and things. Um, and then uh, and we managed to get the chance to bowl straight up and we bowled first and stuff. And I think I, ha I had one definite appeal that should have, should have been given out and it wasn't. I can't remember who was umpiring my end. I don't know. Yeah, it was it was it. Anyway. I've obviously got over it anyway. Uh, but it, it, it then just poured down for the rest of it. I remember going out for a massive night and playing a rain card during my first class debut. <laughs> the, I can't remember what it's called through there, Furies or something. And uh, uh, I remember playing a rain card there um, after day one, and because I just hosed down all day in the puddles on the outfield, getting under the covers. 
then turning up the next day and the sun was shining. <laughs> I'm going, no, it can't be. <laughs> We're going to get back on to play here. But then the game ended up getting called and, and then we actually rolled through to Edinburgh for um, the two sort of ODI games and getting a chance in one of those and finally managing to get my first international wicket, which was a strangled down the leg side, a real classic dismissal. Doesn't, so. say, that, doesn't say that in the scorebook, mate. Exactly. Caught behind. Thank I you. think I beat you on that, Chris. I've got to stop for wide. <laughs> Even better. It does say that in the, I think it does say that in the scorebook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Chris, who's the instigator um, for the, the nights out there? Who, who was that? Who did you? Who were you drinking with back then? I was, I could uh, well, I've, never, I've never taken much persuasion, to be fair, so... Um, I, no, they'll remain anonymous on this occasion. <laughs> just for, uh, just for dip, being diplomatic and things. Mark Watt and Richie Berrington. <laughs> <laughs> there would uh, be a few culprits in there. Usually, the the typical typical team. It's the, I don't know what it is about. I made my first class debut at air against Afghanistan as well, and uh, I remember getting absolutely bladdered in that nightclub in air. Um, I played that game as well, but not that I was. Taking part in the antics of your defense. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. Uh, I remember that game. Was that your de- was that your de- was your debut then? Chubby got got fifty, didn't he? In a second. I, I'll go quickly before we. This is not about me. I'll give you a funny story though. So playing football in the warm up, roll my ankle, um, and I remember Jerry goes, Jerry, get get on with it, get it strapped up, you'll be fine, mate. Get on with it. So I'll get it strapped up. Can't feel it. It's the size of a balloon. Get to 20, 29, um, Hamid Hassan's bowling quick and that Shapur's bowling decent. Hit a ball out to sort of the offside uh, boundary. It's an easy three, right? Easy three. I run two, I turn and shout yes. I've got halfway down the wicket. The guy's thrown it and it seemed all the way from the middle. Started in the, the, the middle of the pitch, seemed the whole way. Direct hit out by 10 yards. Steindl, mental, Juddy throwing pads at me and everything. What are you bloody playing at? So that, that's what I remember. That's my memory. <laughs> laugh. It was never three. Oh, man, it was <laughs> terrible. Um, actually, Mark Watt, um, I asked Mark Watt for a little bit of dirt on both of you, actually, um, just before we get into, um, you know, uh, maybe your county cricket days and then that famous English uh, victory uh, at the home of cricket, the Grange. Um, but Mark was, was pretty poor, actually. He came up with one. It was in Dubai. He said that uh, Chris is very, very good at putting on different accents, uh, impersonations, and maybe wearing wigs in Barasti Bar. Would you like to um, fill us in on that, Soli? That's about six different stories he's rolled into one. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm squeaky clean, actually. No, how about we start? How about we start with asking you? How about we start with asking you? So, what are the accents you can do? And, and it well, was- um, it's actually, it's actually, it's not so much accents. It's a routine that okay. um, that uh, Stuart Whittingham and I um, materialised whilst sitting on the sideline during a first class game against Ireland. So we we're playing Ireland in Dubai first class match um, after the first innings. Uh, which we'd actually rolled them for 250 and it was a flat deck and we we're like, oh, we've, we've done pretty well there. Um, and Stu and I sort of sitting chatting and then suddenly wicket's falling and before we know it, we're rolled well under 250 and we're back in the field bowling again. And Stu, Stu managed to get five in the, five wickets in the second dig and we're still uh, well behind. I think they only got 220 the second dig 
but we're still a fair bit behind the pace, but it's not beyond us or anything. And then typically we lose four wickets real quick. And it looks like we're going to finish this four-day game inside three-day games and we're going to have an extra day up our sleeve. And everyone's immediately thinking, oh, Barasti's going to get a workout tonight. <laughs> That'd be good. And Stu, Stu and I used to talk a lot of shite on the sidelines, but this was one of our better ones of uh, doing a little role play. It's like, oh, well, when we get to Barasti's, we're not going to say we're from the Scotland cricket team. We need to come up with something better than that. And this, is actually, this actually comes off the back of advice that my dad gave to my big brother about telling, telling girls on a night out, you're not a rugby player. And so Jamie used to claim that he was like a marine biologist and stuff like that. So Stu and I had said, why don't we pretend we're the McCormack brothers from um, the deep south in America and we're just over on business and we're coming over with Red Bull to do a ranching like show in, uh, in Dubai because there's all sorts of rogue stuff like that in Dubai. And we, well, to be honest, we weren't very good at holding character after five minutes when we got to Barastis. doesn't help with one of the teammates, like Lisi coming up saying, lads, what do you want for drink? I'll get this one. <laughs> and we're trying to pretend we don't know him as well. He can't hide his accent. He can't hide his accent. That was a meat axe. Got one. Got, I was going to ask you, did, did it work? Uh, but we'll, we won't ask that question. Um, I definitely didn't. <laughs> uh, Tom, um, Mark mentioned something about you dance pretty well with sea lions in South Africa. Some performance. In <laughs> oh, gee. Uh, so before this uh, qualifiers just gone, um, T20s, we were in Durban for our little pre, pre-tour um like get away before a little bit of team building a little bit of training and a few warm-up games and um so we went on a team building trip to i think it was yushaka aquarium um where we did like did a dive with sharks and stuff like that um and uh we a few of us went to this uh like bigger open open theater like bit and it was a, a dolphin show and um, I'd been out the night before, so I was half cut still. Um, and that's when sort of I don't don't give a shit on what anyone thinks about me, sort of thing. Um, and they they announced something over this tannoy, and the party rock anthem started playing. And uh, I just sort of saw people um, started dancing, so I figured out that. It was like a dance-off sort of thing. And so, yeah, I just started dancing and rocking. <laughs> she, uh, dancing to the party rock anthem. There's this big big screen which has a camera uh, following. It should be added. Thomas got shocking moves as yeah. well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any footage? I do, but I own it. Can we, can we I own my narrative. Get, can we somehow get the footage? Is there a possibility of getting the footage of us? Did anyone record this? Um, yeah, ask Hamza. Ask Hamza and Safi. I'll need to work on that. We need to bring a little. We need to bring the clip up just after this. Yeah, little. I think I think I have like a four second clip on my phone, but that's enough. <laughs> that's more than enough. I've seen um, dance moves plenty of times anyway, and fingers and all these dodgy places. I know. <laughs> yeah. So after like a minute and a half of dancing, it went on for for ages. I was starting to run out of moves. Um, like they announced that uh, and this camera guy came up to me and I was on the big screen and they, they announced over the microphone, congratulations, you've won the chance to uh, feed and kiss a dolphin. 
<laughs> so, so yeah there I was half cut um lost my voice from the night before went up sat in the center stage whilst this dolphin show was going on and then got to you were the attraction dolphin. you were actually you were actually getting part you were part of the show all of a sudden yeah, yeah I was part of the show brilliant I was mortified when I saw that Shane and um Smudger and uh, I think uh, were up in the top of the stand, but not realizing who was sat in the middle of the stage when it was me going up to feed this dolphin. <laughs> but yeah, got, got my kiss with the dolphin. Um, Listen, you can't be that bad a dancer, mate. <laughs> oh no, I was. <laughs> I definitely am. Clearly, that you were that bad that it earned you the it earned yeah, you the yeah. prize. So that's nothing to be ashamed of, mate. I think they gave it for enthusiasm rather than for actual dance moves. <laughs> There's a common theme here, isn't there? Drinking, cricketers, having a bit of night, nights out. Um, so I want to ask about how was the hangover after you beat England at the home of cricket? Can you tell us about that day, lads? Because I remember watching it um, quite vividly. And the only thing I really seem to remember from that day is your mum and dad's blazers. But, uh, you know, the, the cricket was good, but the, the blazers certainly stood at the most. Tell me about the day. Yeah, it was a good one, a bloody good one. Um, the get the the get it's funny the game. I don't remember too much from the game, just like actual snippets and things. Yeah. Um, I remember not bowling very well, or bowling my first over, and thinking that, that's hitting top of off, and it getting like just punched through the cover before, and I was like, Jesus, this is. It was a, coming on to the bat. It was coming on like, to the bat so nicely. Yeah, and then I remember fielding. Like, third man or something the next next over when I wasn't bowling next to the groundsman who are pretty good mates with have helped him over the over the years on the ground saying what have you done <laughs> it's like there's gonna be it's gonna be over 700 runs today <laughs> it was absolutely ridiculous but uh and then also the, the other really vivid memory I have is um Safi taking that final wicket I was fielding mid-off and then just thinking Oh, we've won, starting to run in, not sprinting in or anything, but running at a fair clip and just getting like lapped by blokes topless with a beer in the hand going, you're fucking beauty! <laughs> <laughs> Flying fast. And, oh, what is this? Oh, it, was, it was unreal. And you then, were next uh, to him then, you were a mid-off. You were, you, did you have, was there any words? Did you know he was going to go for the, I think he'd said something about Kyle had said to bowl end ball. Did he, did he have a word with you to say he's going to try the Yorker? Uh, it's a funny one. Because he, he loves to talk about what he's going to do as well. And I used to always stand in mid-off when I played with him. And it always he used to just say, oh, Chris, just tell me, always hit to hard hit hard length or hit the pitch or something. Because it's like his little little thing, his little idiosyncrasy to help him bowl the ball or finish his action and stuff. But he was just, his on, I mean, he got the ball tail and as soon as he gets his tail, tail in, he's going to be bowling hole and he's going to be very hard to get out in. Jeez, it's some some Yorkie bowled as well. Oh, um, but yeah, at, at mid-off there, I just remember about there being 20 little kids saying, do you reckon you're going to win? And stuff like that. Like, I don't know, mate. Plunkett's smashing it. They've got, they've got plenty of people left yeah, in the show. Again, let's be honest, while Moyne Alley was still in, he should have really yeah. technically been able to see them. And then, you know, Mark Watt getting him changed, changed the complex yeah. there. As a bit of a coach killer, his shot as well. Moyne as well, to the game, was, the game was up and down. Like, I remember, I remember when obviously the batting was sensational. Cam's knock was unbelievable, wasn't it? What, what, what an innings will mm. never be forgotten. But and then, and then obviously, you know, to finish the innings, it's so well they did. But for me, Bearstow came out. Bloody hell, he came out the trap. Didn't he get a hundred? Didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Could have got, yeah. could have got two hundred and something. The way he was going. Yeah, I, he was 
Yeah. I remember you, you were talking about Tom, you were saying, um, so I keep, I get confused sometimes. <laughs> yes, sorry. You uh, you, <laughs> sorry, lad. You were, uh, you were talking about when you came into bowl, and I remember it well, because you were bowling decent mid-80 clicks, you were getting, you know, mid-80 or just above, but it was coming onto the bat, like, and it was going quicker off the bat and hitting yeah. the fence. And I was thinking to myself, where does he bowl? I mean, if you try to go too full and you hit half volley at that point, you're going to go. You know, length balls are going. What do you do in those situations? What what goes through your mind when you're under that kind of pressure? Yeah, because I was thinking I've literally got to bowl my best ball, every ball here. So margin margin for error, for error was tiny. Like, it's like you're missing the side. Um, you've got a bloke who's on his way to his third hundred in the row who's going to put you away. And you've got Jason Roy at the other end who is never going to die wandering either. So um, it was just more about like trying to bowl my best ball um, to get a dot and not even think about like, oh, I've got I've got to take a wick at this ball. So like, I knew that if I got a, an accumulation of dots, I'd be more likely to get, get a wicket. But geez, yeah, it's, it's hard to think where those dots were going to come from yeah. at some point. Yeah. That was incredible. What about what, what was the flower of Scotland like after that? It's pretty good. I reckon half people's voices were going halfway through and stuff as well. And, but no, it was, it was pretty good in the change room because we've been out on the ground for ages to finally get back in the rooms. It must have been a nice well. hangover. Was the hangover good the next day, mate? You get smashed. It's pretty good. Um, I remember Grant Bradburn afterwards he sort of sat in the change room having a little bit of a debrief. And he just goes, uh, Man at night, man in the morning. And then that was it. <laughs> he walks away. And so everyone was like, yeah. So I remember Watty, like a typical Watty going, what does that mean? It's like, <laughs> you got to turn up to training in the morning because we were booked in for training the next morning. Because uh, we had Pakistan in two T20s to follow. Right. You couldn't really go, you couldn't really go too hefty. I bet you still did, but you had a good, yeah. good, good call by the coach that. Yeah, it rained the next morning, so we were all pretty happy. <laughs> we didn't have to train. There were some sore heads, I can tell you that much. I remember being, yeah, with a couple lads, three, three or four lads topless in Castle Street. Someone's got a bottle or something in their hand as well. Yeah, the usual. The usual uh, what, what time did your dad make it till that day? Because, I mean, it, it was an early start. He was on, uh, I'm sure, yeah. a couple of drinks being had in the sun, very early doors. Yeah. No, I think he went pretty well. So he, he would have been pretty emotional as well. Yeah, it was a great day. It was a great day because they got your family really, really involved. It was, you know, they were going to him regularly for updates, and he was confident yeah. throughout. He was like, "No, yeah, we're, we're we should win, should win." <laughs> yeah, I wasn't yeah. sharing his confidence at that point. I was, I was a bit on the edge of my seat, but he was, he was confident yeah. throughout. Yeah, maybe he knew something we didn't, but. <laughs> Tom, going back to you, mate, it was was Grant give you your debut as well? Was it so both of you? Yeah, 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 was, Grant, yeah. What, what was he like for you? Because I've, I've heard obviously really good reports about Grant Shaky's done a, an, an amazing feature on him as well. Uh, what was he like for your career, Tom? Uh, I found him hard to read that, to begin with. Um, so there were always like a couple North Hans second eleven games against Scotland Bay and things like that. So there was one game where I was meant to join the Scotland side for the last day because I was coming back from an injury um, and North Hans wanted to trial someone. So I was getting cricket no matter. Mm -hmm. um, I, I found them hard to read until I 
actually came up for a winter in Edinburgh and where like, I finally made managed to make a bit more of a working relationship with him and then yeah after that we were fine and got on and uh, like he was quite good with his uh, obviously being a spinner himself um, quite good in the sense that he was able to guide me a bit in what he thought I should be trying to do and like variations and just a sounding board for me because um, I'm quite um, I've always been sort of a uh, I can figure it out myself sort of player and like we'll use someone as a sounding board to bounce ideas off and they'll either go yes or no and then I can give my reasoning and whatnot for behind what I'm thinking sort of thing um, but yeah he was really good for that and sort of made a big emphasis on my batting as well to keep keep going with that to become a genuine all-rounder um which i'm slowly getting towards now yeah i'd agree with that you certainly got all the shots mate and and, and chris do you, how do you find grant yeah um handed me my debut so i certainly never forget him for that um but i was like it's funny i've been thinking about it a fair bit in the last reckon, month or so um Definitely, I was like a real temperamental mentally and things. And so I'd be, in terms of emotion, I'd be right at the top, playing, getting selected, bowling well, and then come right down when miss out in 12th man for a game mm-hmm. and things like that. And I f- always find it really hard to see through a coach's perspective why I wasn't playing and things. Mm-hmm. If I thought I was bowling well, and I just should be on the pitch and playing. Um, and more recently, definitely because definitely I've been matured more now and my game has actually matured reflect a lot back on what Grant's spoken to me about over the years and the stuff he's stuff he did with us but geez he was just such a good thinking coach and really turned a a corner for that Scotland team at the time as well in terms of um, probably attitude towards teams that we're playing and saying not that we were oh we're going to have a crack at beating this side it's like we're going to beat this side, and we are we fully fully do deserve to beat this side, and we've got all the talent in the world to beat this side. That's when we started putting these performances together, where we're beating Afghanistan, Sri Lanka, um, England, um, Ireland on a regular basis because there's just so much more belief in the group, and uh, a lot of it was just a lot of empowerment to the group. And people sort of handing over the ownership. And as soon as people took the ownership of the jobs and things, results started to come and performances really, really changed. It was really interesting because it's something you don't really realise at the time, but certainly hindsight's sort of 2020 vision. And now that I reflect and look back on it, some bloody good coaching that went on there, for sure. Yeah, it certainly looked like that from the outside. A Scotland team of old, I wouldn't have seen doing that on the field would have went out and maybe got 270 280 on a good day and you know at least had something to bowl at um, and England probably would have chased it down in 40 45 overs no disrespect to teams of old but that team looked like they were on a mission that day and it must have it must have started from the coach it looked you know the confidence of the players going out coach had clearly instilled confidence in them to go and play a game George Munsey I think he reverse swept the first ball least kept his first ball for six, things like that. You wouldn't normally see a Scottish player going out and doing that against England. So no, it was it was it was fantastic and great to hear your your insight on Grant. I'm glad to hear he's had a good 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 influence on both of you. 
in terms yeah. of there's, I want to go. Obviously, that was a big high um, for 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 Scottish cricket and and yourself, Chris and and Tom. I want to go back to more recent times. So, Hampshire, North Lance, Tom. Um, to be honest, I, I was quite shocked actually. I mean, he'd been released this year. Um, obviously, seeing you being in amongst the T Twenty squad now and then. At a young age, mate, you're only 24. You know, it's all right for me now. I can look back and, and Chris did that there. You know, you can reflect back on what you've done differently or, or maybe your attitude. What, 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 what's, what does it feel like for you now, mate, having to, again, I suppose, kick on again and try and get something else? Uh, it's, it's a strange one for me. Um, so, obviously, I got called or got suspended from bowling um, during the qualifiers. So, that's sort of still looming over my head a little bit. And I think... I think that was maybe the easy option for Northamptonshire. Um, they have, they do have a, a few um, spin bowling rounders in in their side. The young lad called Safe Zabe came through this year for Northampton for sort of the first time in his career. Um, but I think had I been bowling this year and had I been able to get rid of that cloud over my head. Um, uh, the story might have been different and there might have been something for me. Um, I mean, I'm very grateful for them for what they're still doing and they're still sort of contributing to some coaching and to the cost of test as well, um, which they by no means have to do seeing. But I think because I was under their duty of care, um, along with Cricket Scotland, it, um, they feel like a sense of responsibility to help me get back on my feet for my career um so yeah like the lockdowns have been a bit challenging i'm currently bowling in a shed that my parents have out the back of the house and continuing to do all sort of my remedial work um but yeah it was it was difficult because i never sort of got to string a few games together so i started the comp wasn't required to bat um was coming in as a finisher um because I'd done that in warm-up games and practice games and everything and was in good nick with the bat, to be fair. Um, and being the best fielder in the side, uh, that was sort of my selling point to them. Um, so I didn't put a foot wrong in this first game, but wasn't required to bat because Sterlo hit 80 off 20 balls or something ridiculous like that, as he can be. Um and yeah, after that, they decided that they wanted to go for Gareth Berg as Seema, who could offer a bit with the ball for the next pitch at home, which uh, obviously is a bit frustrating. But I can, um, as long as I have like the reasoning why, then I'm happy, happy to carry on. Like running drinks is isn't what you want to be doing, but it's something I've gotten used to, and it's trying to provide something or help the team to perform at the best they can. And that's how I sort of see anything I can do to help. If I'm not playing, then I just try, try my best to be the best I can rather than sulk and moan about not playing or not getting a string of games together sort of thing. Not that I've ever done that. I read the North Lanners. We've never, we've never had a moan about not getting a game or anything like that. But it's a very, <laughs> a very, for any youngsters watching this, what a fantastic attitude because you quite easily there could fall into the dumps and feel a bit sorry for yourself. It's a good reason to your whole, you know, things have turned upside down a little bit for you, but how have you found 
the remedial work and you know it's a big thing to change something you've been doing in a certain way for a long time how, how you how, how mentally have you found that challenge how you dealt with it oh there have been good days there have been bad days i'd be lying if i said that if i'd said that it's all been good but no it's it's all it's trusting a process and like however long it takes i know that i'm going to be a better bowler when i come out the other side of it and like although it takes 16 balls to pass a test or something something like that um that's when the work really starts is after that and that's finding a county performing in games and so i know that this probably bit this bit is probably the easier part of the journey and the harder part is going to be making myself the stable or, or the staple offspring bowler for scotland and for counties or for enfranchised tournaments potentially mm -hmm. well that's the aim anyway um so like there is a there is a focus on end goal um but at the moment it's sort of just trusting that the work that i'm putting in is working and i can see it's working now um there was a like the, the first six seven eight months of it were sort of not really making any strides a lot of trial and error getting down about it a bit but then playing around a bit by myself during the first lockdown like something clicked like i found a way to bowl with a straight arm which i probably use as a variation now like i can bowl I got other other deliveries up my sleeve that i can can bowl that i never dreamed of bowling but it's passing the test is bowling a stock ball 16 times or something like that and um it's just trusting that those those little things that i've done are are pulling through and they're creating new new motor motor skills mm -hmm. and that i'm my body's trusting what it's doing and i don't have to consciously think about it anymore which is getting there and i'm sort of off a few steps now bowling and so it's just putting the last pieces together hopefully to find that little one or two percent now to have how a, far off know. how far off do you, how far off do you think you are it's hard to put a time scale on it but i'm pushing for march time um i've been pushing hard this lockdown um mum and dad have helped to where wherever they can to sort of allow me to bowl bowling in the shed like finding something that I can put down on the on the ground so the balls don't get fucked. Um, Filming as well, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah. So I've got I've got a tripod film on my phone. Like I use my watch and link it up to my phone so I can do it all myself, sort of thing. Well done. That's yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. But um, so yeah, like it's listen, listen best a lot. But sorry, yeah. for hey, listen. If you need a walking wicket, I'm just along the road. <laughs> <laughs> Of you. Um, I was going to say it's quite fascinating that it's a big journey, mate. You know, it's not just you know maybe getting left out of a, of a, of a squad. You're going through a whole new remodel of your action. If I wanted to go change my my golf swing right now, I've tried it. I can't. So you know, I, hmm. it must be mad, Chris. Interesting, I think, because you just said something there about you got released for Hampshire. You obviously, you know, a bit older now, a bit wiser. That must be quite interesting. I know there's only a couple of years, you know, apart in terms of age, but can you relate to your brother a little bit, I suppose, from your experience as well? Because that must be tough for you, mate, when, when that was sort of said, that's enough for you as well. 
Yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. And I was in a position where I was actually told I was going to get re-signed as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and it was at a point where I was injured. I'd torn the top of my hamstring tendon. Um, Eggshell. Which was, yeah, yeah, it made a glass anyway. So it was always something on the go. Um, but they, they sort of said, don't worry about uh, being injured or rushing back from injury. Get your body right we're going to have you here next year again. And then um, didn't peter out that way, which was very frustrating at the time. Yeah. And I remember being just so wound up about it and, and thinking, geez, that is just absolute rubbish. How, how can I be sort of left on those sort of terms and things? Uh, and then looking back at it, and it's, it's very interesting. County cricket is very much, it has a very strong business model next to the actual game that's running. Um, which is something you don't see as much of or look at as mm-hmm. much of when you're actually playing the game. Things, But when you take a step back, and especially being in Australia and seeing shield cricket, first-class cricket here, it's very different sort of narrative over here um, compared to county cricket, where where counties really do actually have to work off a, a pretty strict budget and things like that. And um, it has to relate to performance and things. So they they struggled to invest in much and a product like me who I was most likely going to be a white ball player and develop my red ball side of my game. But I was much closer to being a, a white ball product for them straight away. Mm-hmm. Um, and as well as ha- having injuries whilst, whilst being at Hampshire, you also get your overseas players that come in and we had some pretty handy ones coming in, the likes of Dale Stain coming in, who, who's a similar spot for what I'd be fighting for in the, in the first team sort of thing. Um, so it was very frustrating along the way, but geez, I learned a lot about cricket and a lot about my own game and got myself into a really sort of strong position to bowl quick regularly and things as well. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a funny grind. It's a, they, t- they always say it's a big county grind and, and it is, it's a lot of cricket and there's a lot of things that go on whilst you're playing the cricket season. It must be difficult for a lot of cricketers, you know, the, the lads get released enough. On a regular basis, don't they? And 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 the money, unless you're at bigger clubs, it's everyone. I suppose the ultimate goal is to play county cricket, but a lot of lads must walk away from their career thinking that wasn't what it was, you know, made out to be. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, it's funny because you're playing alongside players who have been there for since they were 16 when they got signed on their first um, first class contract or their first professional contract, and they've been there for 10 years, and they're they're only 26 and the same agency, but they've been doing it for 10 years. Um, but uh, it's, it's interesting because you see a lot of uh, other other players who were a year behind where you were. So I'd, I'd gone down, trialed and been uh, picked up and signed up on a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. And then I, I got another another uh, year deal after that. But you see people coming into the same position as I was six months ago sort of thing, coming in and trying their balls off, trying to get trying to get wickets or in games and things and impress. And there's a lot of sacrifice that trialists especially do. And they're saying that I've just given up my job so I can come and trial at a few counties full time because all the schedule is through midweek. So because mm-hmm. you're playing a three-day game in the middle of the week, there's weekends are sort of redundant. Um, uh, you play a three-day and then you've got two one-days on the end of it or you've got two T20s on the end of it and things. So you're playing potentially five days of cricket in the space of seven days. And there's a lot of cricket. There's yeah. no wonder I kept on getting injured. 
too much. How, how, so where are you with your mentality now in relation to cricket? I think you're, you were saying at the start when we came on, you're working out in Australia. Um, you've got you've got quite a good job. Um, what was it, Flan? Is it, is it real, real estate? Are you, you're a real estate man. Is that is that is that looking like it's going to be the new you? And you know, you still play your cricket, or have you still got aspirations to, to uh, have a chance to play high level cricket? Well, I've definitely got aspirations to play for Scotland again. Um, last Christmas, I was well, sorry, Christmas beforehand. Um, when I ca- I came back home for Christmas with my partner, have a cold one. And um, caught up with with Shane, who I'd never met before, um, just for a bit of a coffee. And he said, "Look, I'm really keen for you to, to come back and get yourself involved in the Scotland setup and and be an Australian-based player, um, sort of thing." Which uh, nice. was a concept that I didn't think was really going to be possible, or had never been an idea that had been floated. Because um, the time at the time when I moved out to Australia, Grant Bab- Bradburn had just finished up as well, and he just gone to Pakistan a coaching job there um, so there was a bit of floating in between different coaches and things as well at the time so I got a really good opportunity to meet and chat to Shane about that and he said uh, no reason why you can't be uh, based in Australia and, and still play for Scotland most of our tours are in Dubai halfway point or South Africa or somewhere in between and and there'll be pockets where you sort of come back to Scotland for three weeks at a time to play playing a series back in Scotland um, and I, I just went definitely mm-hmm. it was just a no brainer yeah. and have you it's got quite an, you can, do you think you would have quite an understanding employer on that front well, well yeah I, I went back to my employer and I've got a very good boss at work as well and I said look I've, I've been given an opportunity to start playing some Scotland stuff again and um, and it, it basically wasn't going to be able to balance with work because like the sort of real estate jobs quite demanding on time and things you do a lot of after hours and a lot of weekend appointments and things and so I was going to finish up work and I did actually stop and, and uh, quit work uh, I was geared up to start the tours with Scotland because we were due to have a really busy schedule sort of starting in March um, I came over to Spain flew over for a week's training camp in Spain um, so Shane could actually see me play because he'd never seen me play in the flash before. And it's, a long I, and I, it's a long way to yeah. come from a trial. Yeah, exactly. And I was in the middle of um, the Australian season and I knew I was bowling bowling well at the minute. And I went over and I, I was bowling well. And Shane just got a chance to see me bowl and uh, come and bowl some quick spells in the nets and things and have a bit of a bat. Uh, batting, I'm pretty sure he's particularly impressed with my brat, batting actually. That's a big Please to know, uh, and um, he said, "Yep, yeah, you're you're in, especially for the next two tours, which was off to Florida straight away, and and then Namibia after that, and then COVID nineteen worked its magic on on the world, um, so it all got thrown up in the air, and then we we're actually in lockdown over here in Australia, so they were very, very proactive over here on getting into lockdowns and trying to stem the flow or." prevent any spread of the virus and borders of states closed very quickly. So we're actually isolating up at, at my partner Siobhan's parents' farm in Henty, New South Wales, which has got a population of about 1,500. There's <laughs> one carpet cricket wicket in the town sort of thing. And uh, we, we were up there for a good few months. I was just wondering 
I, every every month that went past, I was like, oh, well, we'll be back into the, we'll, we'll get that next Scotland tour in because we've just missed the one to Florida. But we'll be all right for the next one when it clears up in six weeks' time. And it, as we all know, it's just, it's rolled on and rolled on. I was very lucky that my, uh, my boss, when I left, said, um, if you want to come back at any point, just knock on the door. And so I've gone back to the same mob and things, which has been, been great. Good. I've been very lucky in that respect. Good. Tom, I think you've pretty much summed up, mate. For you, the future is get back, get bowling, try and get a county cricket career and get back in it, mate, yeah? Yeah, yeah, definitely along those lines. But probably look to play more, look more of the white ball focus again. I'm not closing the door on Red Bull, but it's safe to say I don't enjoy it as much as I do white ball cricket. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm not money motivated, she. Come on. <laughs> So lads, there's still a good chance then that we might see both of you at some point playing together in the Scotland team still. Yeah, yet to. Yet to. Hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. So it's not it's not happening. We've uh that happens for you. That'd be a proud, proud day for your dad to sit and watch both, both boys playing. Yeah, it'd be about time, I think. <laughs> Listen, lads, what I want to do, right? A little bit of fun to finish. Um, just a little quick fire questions, um, and this relate to both of you because I know you're 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 pretty loved up at the moment. I think I think both of you're loved. Up. Tom, you single? Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> So the first question. I was actually going to ask first question: Who's going to be the first person to get engaged? Well, that is. Oh, <laughs> Second question: Who is the biggest stag? Oh me, the biggest. Well, Tom's got it on his chest, so I suppose it's him. But I think I've, I think I've played in more successful stag teams. Oh, Grange under thirteens and under fifteens, Chris. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> we we made it through to the last sixteen or last eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you won a Scottish yeah. Cup, have you not? You not won a Scottish Cup? Yeah, won yeah. Both I won, it with, won it with you. No, Chris, I might have been injured. Do you for remember the guy being in your team when you won the Scottish Cup? Tom oh, definitely, yeah, Tom definitely. But yeah. Chris, I can't remember if you won one or not. I, I'd uh, done my shoulder, I reckon. Oh, gosh, that was it. Glass, yeah. <laughs> Um, I was going to was a league, and then we won the playoff. Yeah, Uddy. So I remember that. Yeah, no, we won, won quite a lot. It's just what we do, shaky. I know, it's quite hard to remember them all, isn't it, Flannis? There's, got there's to about the point, sixteen T Twenty titles in there as well. That's the one that's evaded me. <laughs> never got that. Got played in a Scottish Cup final for Clydesdale, but never, never, never. I think, was, I think it was three years or maybe two seasons we went without getting beaten a pink ball game. Like it was just, it was ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's a serious club team, to be fair. Like there were some really good cricketers in there, and obviously young talent as well. And, and just a quick one to wrap up: who's the longest in the shower? <laughs> good question, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I like that to finish the face. Of the <laughs> Tom's, Tom's pretty keen with his soaps and things, so he's. I can imagine he's been in the bathroom for quite a while in the morning with that mullet. Definitely, he, <laughs> he spends some time on that. No, nah, that's more after. Very good, right? Very good. <laughs> get the product. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, lads, listen, I just want to thank you two for coming on um, and, uh, you know, sharing your sort of story with us. Uh, obviously, everyone, hopefully you can follow us on Spotify and, and subscribe to, to Shaky's Journeys. We've got some big names coming up as well. Shaky Sporting Journeys. Sorry, mate. Sorry, I better get it right. But uh, Neil McCallum, lads, is, is on very oh. soon as well. So uh, he's in good form. He's in good form as well. He was in really good form, so it should be. Do you know a bit of a skinhead at the moment as well? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've never I just before you do because I'm not older than bald right now. Very bald. Gavin Hamilton bald. Remember, remember Mackie in Dropkick Murphys with his backpack on, and he was worried about when he was going to get home. So he'd written down all the, the bus timetable on a piece of paper. Instead of pulling out his iPhone to check the bus times like everyone else, he kept on pulling out this piece of paper. And he goes, oh no, I've just missed the uh, the 10 past 11 bus. I'm going to have to get the next one and put it back in his pocket. Oh, man. <laughs> Who was Looking he like Bear Grylls charging about, around. Let's talk about a story with these boys after I one of the brothers. He said was, something about, I, mean, no. I don't want to bring all the good stuff out now, but... Uh, you'll, you'll need to tune in and listen. One, I can't remember which one it was, but one of you was mentioned for some antics the, after a certain Scottish Cup final. It was Chris Great <laughs> Armin, um, the Scottish Cup uh, oh, yeah. final with Ron oh, yeah. down his face. And, and we had a few naked laps to boot as well. I think, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a few interesting sights at the Stag Park that night. <laughs> <laughs> listen, lads, it's been a pleasure. You've been, uh, you've been both excellent. It's been really good to hear an insight into your into your journeys and, and hopefully a lot more things to be done on the pitch yet. Good luck with your upcoming test, young man. I hope you yes, pass you. it with flying colours. And hopefully we see you over in Scotland again, running into bowl. And all the best to you, boys. All the best. Cheers. Thanks, Thanks very much for having us, Shaky. Cheers, Flannis. Cheers, Cheers, Shaky.